Welcome to Sheer Truth Apply Scripture. I'm Jordan Shambly, and I am joined, as always, by Cedar Sarton. Hello. It's good to be here. I'm glad. Yeah, right as we uh, hit the record button, it starts pouring outside. So yeah. it's nice to be in a nice warm studio. I, I remembered to bring my umbrella in, so I should be good on the journey back to the car. I don't. I don't think I. I don't have an umbrella, Uh-oh. so I don't even have a rain jacket. All right, you're just. Uh, I guess you'll just well, get I mean, soaked then. I yeah. own an umbrella. <laughs> Do you know where my umbrella is right now? It's probably not here. No, I mean it. it's 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 here at AFA. Oh, okay. Where yeah. do you think it's at? You think it's in the building? Probably not. It's probably Absolutely in your car. Absolutely not. It's in my car. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's, that's that's how it how it usually goes. So it's a nice rainy day here in in Tupelo. As we're it's gonna be. It, I don't know if you could just categorize it as a nice rainy day. It's <laughs> it's about to become an like an all out a monsoon fight for yeah. life outside. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's, it's this uh, seasons of transitions that we're going through here, and you know, fall has been here for a while. Actually, it's been one of the most the fallish falls that we've had in a long time, in my opinion, anyway. Like, yeah. I feel like it's actually been, it feel, felt like fall instead of going from summer right into winter. You have like two days of nice yeah. fall weather and then we've, it goes into freezing. Yeah. We've had about a month and it's, it's been It's been nice. teasing yeah. us though, because like yeah. it'll get really cold one day and the next day it's back <laughs> in the 70s. So anyways. Yeah. It's the weather, on. the weather segment not, of Share Truth We're not here scripture. for the weather though. No, we're here for Chris Woodward. <laughs> Chris Woodward is in studio with <laughs> not us the today. News, <laughs> just for Chris. Yeah. Yeah, the only time I remember my umbrella is when I hear it's raining outside. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I left too, it in the car. It's too late, or it's on right? the front porch at the house where I didn't grab it on my way out right, yeah. the door. Well, thanks for being on with us, Chris. Um, again, we have Chris on about once every month to give us an update of what's going on in the world, things that we as Christians need to be concerned about and praying about. Yes. And Chris always brings uh, very relevant topics to talk about, so I'm excited to see what you've got for us today. Yes, this is all the more reason to share truth and apply scripture with people from England. Mm -hmm. It's a very sad story. We have this on our website, afn.net. As we reported uh, this week, fewer than half the people in England and Wales, fewer than half the people in England and Wales Mm -hmm. consider themselves Christian. Uh, Britain has become less less religious Mm -hmm. uh, in recent years. It's Mm -hmm. gotten to the point now where some 46.2 of the population of England and Wales describe themselves as Christian. That's that's down from about 60% a decade ago. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, uh, false religions, Muslims, uh, they're, they're growing in numbers, mm-hmm. as are Hindus. Uh, and then you've got more than one in three people, 37% say they had no religion. Uh, that's up from 25% in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is it's a big concern here. Um, as we were talking about prior to um, starting the show here, uh, John Wesley uh, mm-hmm. born and raised in England. You had Charles Spurgeon. You had a lot of great uh, yeah. Christian leaders uh, that that have roots in England. And here we are uh, where, you know, uh, Darwinism is taking over. Atheism is, is winning the day. Uh, and then, you know, false religions are also uh, growing in numbers. So it's all the more reason uh, to share truth mm-hmm. and apply scripture and to pray for missionaries that you might have in the U.K., 
Uh, I I know a, a young lady. Uh, I think she's uh, from the South, maybe even Mississippi. But uh, she's been part of a mission effort in Birmingham, England, mm-hmm. uh, where they have been trying to do a lot of outreach, particularly to Muslim women. Yeah. Uh, and they, I, I thought about her when I saw this headline this week because one of the things her church and their outfit does is uh, try to do a lot of Christmas outreach to Muslim women in the Birmingham, England area, where they have a lot of Muslims. You mm-hmm. have a lot of non-believers. Um, so it, it's a it's a terrible situation. Uh, but something we can uh, make a positive with by, you know, going to the Lord in prayer yeah. uh, and maybe even talking with your pastors or deacons about ways that you can maybe uh, fund mission efforts abroad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and like you were saying, like uh, Christians in America, I think particularly, in any other for, uh, former colony of, of Britain around the world, um, can really, you know, trace a spiritual lineage in mm-hmm. a way. Uh, through denominations and otherwise to England and uh, the church there or the UK in general. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is, it is um, very sad to see that, that heritage um, I, I fade away. But I, I do think that it is also kind of a reminder that um, the gospel and Christianity is, is really doesn't pay attention to borders mm-hmm. very much. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have an allegiance to regions. Um, and you see throughout history, um, you know, the church springs up in Israel, you know, and it, and it, and it goes into, um, throughout the Roman Empire, goes into Europe, goes down into Africa, goes east into Asia, um, really takes a foothold in the West, mm-hmm. in, in Europe uh, particularly. And, and that's where you get this sort of bright burning, you know, torch of the gospel uh, that has lasted centuries, really. Um, but it, it is maybe maybe we're seeing a shift because I, I would be curious when, when I heard about this. I, I, I'm curious to see how these numbers compare with the church growth in other areas mm-hmm. of the world. If um, different ideas, different philosophies are taking hold in Western uh, cultures such as Darwinism and atheism and uh, Hinduism, even even some of these Eastern philosophies um, are moving in. I would be curious to see how that measures up against places like the church in China, churches in African countries, mm-hmm. and and you know in a, churches that are in a very different kind of context culturally and philo- yeah. philosophically, and see if those if there's a growth there. That is a kind of a, a mirror, you, you know. I mean, you kind of see it in, in countries where Christianity is frowned upon, mm-hmm. even illegal and dangerous to be a part of. Yeah, um, that it does grow. There may they may be the minority <clears throat> group, mm-hmm. uh, and they may not be the main group of people in that country, but they are steadily growing, and that is with people uh, constantly coming after them, mm-hmm. and they continue to grow. And I think we see a pattern throughout history where. Um, you know, and I, I, I've seen it here in the U.S. Yes. where as Christians, we have become, because we've been very, very blessed to be able mm-hmm. to openly worship, but then we become lazy. Mm-hmm. We're not having to work for it anymore. So then um, the church, Christians, and and, the, and then I hope I might be stepping on some toes here. I may be <laughs> making some people mad. I'm, I'm not just speaking to other people. I'm speaking to yeah. myself as well. Mm-hmm. It We've, we've become lazy. Mm-hmm. And then you find people falling away because they don't they no longer see a difference in them and us they don't right. see a point in becoming a christian because we're the same right right yeah 
Yeah. And, and I think too, this is sort of a warning sign for us here in America. I mean, the religion in general has been on a decline in America for quite a while now. I mean, we've seen that even though I would say probably the majority of Americans might identify as at least spiritual in some way. Yeah. Um, I, I think that there is a rise of non-spirituality happening in our culture. Um, and we live in the South. Okay. So we live in Mississippi. We are the buckle of the Bible belt, you know, like there's a church <laughs> yeah. on every corner, you know, everybody's got at least, you know, you know, several members of their family who identify as Christians. Like, the, we live in a culture that is heavily um, <laughs> just identified with Christianity, um, at least on some level. Um, but we need to we need to understand that we where we are now is where England was maybe a hundred years ago. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. we are just a few steps behind them in terms of um, religious culture. And so what we need to do, we need to be, we, we need to be in prayer as Christians. We need to be in prayer that uh, God would strengthen the witness of the American church. And like you said, Cedra, we, we're getting lazy and that God would spur us on and not let us grow complacent in, oh, you know, we live in America. This is a Christian nation. We can just kind of sit back and take it easy now. No, we can't. <laughs> we, we can't. We can't rest in that. This is something that we we need to live as if we are in hostile territory. Yeah, I sometimes wonder how close we are to being in a situation uh, where missionaries from foreign countries start coming to America exactly. to, to witness <laughs> and evangelize people. Yeah, I don't think we're that far off from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly not everybody from uh, a, a third world country uh, can probably scrap up the funds to come over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of uh, developed nations out there. Uh, where I do think uh, some congregations probably do have the financial wherewithal to send somebody abroad because uh, there are people uh, that look and sound just like them mm-hmm. uh, in, in America. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's say you're from Africa. Maybe you go to a, a suburb of the Washington, D.C. area where there's a lot of people of that uh, population uh, mm-hmm. base. I'm thinking of just a, a country in general, uh, just, you know, let's say Egypt yeah. or something. Uh, and uh, you come over here and you try to witness to uh, Egyptian um you know, Egyptians in America, or maybe uh, people uh, that are Arab that come over to mm. Dearborn, Michigan, and try to. I don't think we're that far off, and yeah. it's it's crazy to think mm. about. And you know, if you are uh, familiar with Scripture, you know that you know Paul tells Timothy there is going to come a day where, th- where things are going to fall away. Mm-hmm. Um, even though things are falling away, or maybe even falling into place, as some people like to refer to it, that doesn't mean you just go, oh well, I'll just go Netflix and chill. No, yeah. like we're still <laughs> supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. live our lives according to Jesus, uh, to the best of our abilities, uh, and and to be good witnesses of him because we're the only Bible some people see. It's it's an old saying. People use it uh, maybe far too much, but it is true. Uh, And if we look just like the world, people, to Cedra's point, they don't see a need for Jesus because, Mm -hmm. hey, if, if you look and sound like the world... They don't see a need why you need to worry about what's going on mm-hmm. in the next world because we're all going to the same place, they yes. think. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of you mentioned uh, Christians in uh, China. Um, a few weeks ago, we had Todd Nettleton on. Of, he's from Voice of the Martyrs, mm-hmm. and he was a guest on AFA at the Core, and he was talking about uh, situations in China and Afghanistan. I'll get to Afghanistan here in a moment, but it was it was very scary uh, what Todd was saying is has been happening in China 
Uh, President Xi Jinping has been in charge there for many years now, um, and he has never been really a fan of Christianity. Uh, the government under Xi Jinping's administration has closed churches. They've thrown pastors into prison. Uh, they found various ways to try to squelch religious expression. Uh, Todd Nettleton said uh, Xi Jinping sees Christianity and really any religion as being in direct uh, competition with the Communist Party yeah. uh, to the point now where in some parts of China they've wanted cameras from like the pastor's perspective, looking out on the congregation, that way the government can see who all's in the congregation. Wow! And be able to know, okay, who's who's in the audience, and what is the message? What, if anything, do we as the CCP need to do to get in inside that church and maybe change the message and things like that? Mm. Uh, we oftentimes um, <clears throat> go out of our way uh, to to gripe and complain about the things we're having to um, endure here. Uh, in America. But really, our problems sometimes pale in comparison to situations in places like China. Like, yes, we were told, hey, don't gather in large numbers. Maybe you got to wear masks. You can't sing or all these other things, which are unfair uh, and should never have been uh, pushed on people, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, But really, that is nothing compared to Xi Jinping or some other Chinese communist official going, okay, so-and-so's in the audience. I don't like that. Let's have our people go pay him a visit and see to it that he never goes back to church again. Those kinds of things. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and that and that's absolutely happening. I saw a video that uh, was sort of outlining uh, the Chinese... Um, I don't. I, I don't know what, what how they called it, but it was like if you you know commit a small little misdemeanor, like you jaywalk or something, mm-hmm. you lose your you know public transport r- privileges and stuff. Right. So like the 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 capabilities that they do have are are frightening, and and they and they are using them to really control their population. I mean, that any communist uh, government throughout history has sought to have pretty much total control of their population and especially the information that they mm-hmm. get. And when you have the gospel, when you have biblical teaching. So I'm, I'm sitting here like thinking, okay, communism obviously is a, is an evil philosophy, but I'm thinking like, what in the Bible would they flag as, okay, this is obviously anti-communism or anti-dictatorship. And it's the fact that Jesus is described as king mm-hmm. and the heart of Christianity is turn from your sins and serve Jesus as king. The government, while we're told in in unequivocal terms uh, by Paul, who was writing this under Emperor Nero, okay? Mm-hmm. So he told us to pray for our leaders to submit to their authority insofar as, you know, there is no sin involved. But we are also told that Jesus is king. And that is uh, incompatible with um, that kind of o- governmental overreach. Uh, and obviously, it's something that they would take great issue with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is that's a message that I don't know that we as Christians uh, hear enough from uh, from pastors. And mm-hmm. I say that because I think part of the reason why there is a falling away and why churches have kind of moved to the left on many issues mm-hmm. is because too many of our sermons are these God loves you. Yeah. Let me give you seven ways to have a great week this week. Yeah. You know things like that. <laughs> we don't. We we few if any Christians today. Mm-hmm get a message that explains to them why Jesus came in the first place. Mm-hmm. And because we're not getting that message, and let's face it, it's not enough of us are reading our Bibles mm-hmm. uh, as we should compared to previous generations. Uh, there's just a bunch of ignorant Christians out there 
uh, that that don't realize there's a lot we're not getting. Yeah. And because there's a lot we're not getting, there's a lot we're not sharing with people, which is why people don't understand a need for Jesus in the first place. Yeah. It, it, the, these two stories back to back. So what's happening in, in the UK and then what's happening in China. It, we need to pay attention to these things as American Christians and understand that what we have in the Bible and what we what we have is, in, in church is very precious. And it's, it's not only a call to, you know, step up and be active in, in your uh, culture and protect these rights that we have to gather together to uh, preach the word as it's intended to be preached. Um, but it's also a call to obey, you know, so we don't want to go into church and simply, you know, want, you know, a little medicine cabinet of here's this little Bible verse to kind of cure your ills for the week mm-hmm. until you want to come back and get a refill the next Sunday. It's not that at all. It's this is a message from the king. This is his. This is what he wants you to do and how he wants you to live. And you need to make sure that you're not protecting any little areas in your life and saying, "Well, I'm going to reserve this little little part for me." And God and Jesus can have all the rest. He can be king of all the rest. If we do that, the church will be weak. Mm-hmm. And and I'm afraid that the sort of uh, Christian cultural um, message in churches has just been very watered down. It's been affected by a lot of uh, the political climate so that you have a lot of preachers who are watering down the gospel, a lot, um, wanting to preach more uh, social issue related uh, topics such as, you know, you just want to be kind to everyone, that mm. kind of thing, which is all very true. But leaving out the other half of the scriptures, which is there's a reality, uh, Jesus is king. We need to obey him. And this is what your life needs to look like. And we need to be paying attention to what's happening in the world because this is what happens when you don't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Afghanistan for a minute. Uh, you know, the U.S. left Afghanistan uh, mm-hmm. early on during the Biden administration. He said, look, you know, we can't keep staying here. Uh, we're going to pull our troops out. And, and unfortunately, a lot of bad things happen yes. as a result of our withdrawal. And I'm not saying he was right. I'm not saying he was wrong. I did the math. We were in Afghanistan, militarily speaking, for half my lifetime. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a decision had to be made somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm bringing this up because uh, there are still Christians over there. There were Christians in Afghanistan uh, during the Trump administration, during the Bush administration. There have been Christians in Afghanistan for a long time. Yes. Uh, and some of them are still over there. And we need to remember them uh, in prayer because they are now living under Taliban mm-hmm. rule. Uh, the Taliban, uh, they're one one of the really extreme Muslim people or groups out there mm-hmm. uh, that want to enforce their version of uh, Islam on on various people, including Christians. Uh, and so it's very difficult to be a Christian in Afghanistan, but uh, many people are still faithful, still trucking on, still trying to uh, share the gospel with people. And so, uh, you know, just because you don't hear about it in the news, maybe you don't see it as much uh, on AFN.net, uh, doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. And there are people over there, your brothers and sisters, uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ, they're having a very difficult time, uh, but they're still trying to uh, live up to the great commandments and do God's will. So I think yeah. we should pray for those folks as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. I, believe, I think that I heard some stories about... Um, Christians who came over from Afghanistan. Well, that actually what I'm thinking is the Ukraine, but uh, Christians coming over from the Ukraine and going back to to be with their their church, to be mm. with their um, fellow believers and to encourage them. Uh, but I think still that is something that should encourage us to, again, uh, pray for, because uh, Christians in Afghanistan are just as much 
our brothers and sisters in Christ as the people who go to church and sit yeah. by us in the pews. Mm-hmm. So uh, just because we don't know their names, their faces, or know their language, we need to yeah. remember that they I, are uh, our brothers and sisters yeah, in Christ. Yeah, I've said it before. Nothing connects you to a stranger and makes mm-hmm. you feel more like you know them than to find out that they're also a believer. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been out before mm-hmm. and been talking, and it, it comes up that I'm a Christian, and then the person there is like, I'm also a Christian, mm-hmm. and you get to talking, and all of a sudden— in, in just a matter of seconds, you're no longer strangers. Yeah. But you're literally sisters and brothers. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's the. I mean, that's the crazy thing about the. You know, the the gospel. You had a zealot, mm-hmm. and then you had a tax collector. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a fisherman. Uh, you had you know um, just kind of salt of the earth people. Yeah. Uh, early on, and because of those people, yeah, who uh, did what Jesus told them to do. You know, we're all still sitting here today. Yeah. Uh, because of uh, their efforts, mm-hmm. and certainly God working in uh, hearts and minds. Um, one other story to, to mention here, this is something to be in prayer about, um, because it's coming up in the next few days. The Supreme Court of the United States is about to hear arguments in a case called 303 Creative LLC versus Alinas. Um, this is one of those situations where a business owner, in this case, a graphic web designer, uh, she wants to, uh, get into the wedding business and to mm-hmm. make wedding websites for traditional marriage couples. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now, Lori Smith is the owner of 303 Creative. She's in the Colorado area. And, uh, she wants to make wedding websites only for traditional couples because she is a person of faith, a Christian. Mm-hmm. She doesn't believe in same-sex marriage. And where it really gets interesting here is Colorado has one of those laws that says, hey, if you do it for this couple, you got to do it for all couples. Mm-hmm. And to make matters even more difficult for Lori and other Christian professionals out there, uh, Colorado will not allow Lori Smith to explain to potential clients why it is that she only wants to cater to traditional marriage couples and not all couples. Mm -hmm. And so she has lawyered up with Alliance Defending Freedom, one of the well-known religious liberty groups out there, and they're going to the Supreme Court on Monday, uh, and the justices will supposedly decide whether applying a public accommodation law to compel an artist to speak freely or stay silent violates the free speech clause of the yeah. First Amendment. Yes, because it really, does. <laughs> yeah, that's a really long, drawn-out explanation, but to put things in perspective, uh, this is a Jack Phillips-type case mm. where we have a web designer, not a cake artist, basically going to the Supreme Court for the same thing Jack had to go to court for. Wow. And that is to be able to decide how she wants to run her own business and who she wants to mm-hmm. to to design for. Right. Now, this this has been a pre-enforcement challenge that has been up and down the courts for a long time now. Pre-enforcement means she was never prosecuted or, or penalized mm-hmm. or told, you got to do this or you're going to face that kind of thing. She went to court early on to try to get her rights clarified. Uh, yeah. And so uh, basically it, it got argued enough in and out of court, up and down, that it finally went to the Supreme Court of the United States. And uh, if history shows anything, they're going to hear this uh, next week. And um, it's December 5th, actually, is the scheduled date for the argument. This is probably going to be one of those things that we're not going to go, we're not going to know the decision on until June yeah. of yeah. next year. Yeah. So it's going to play out for a long time. But we've covered this a lot on AFN.net. Uh, we've had articles featuring Lori as well as her uh, attorneys. 
um, with ADF. One of them is Kristen Wagoner, mm-hmm. uh, and she told me recently, Kristen did, uh, that the um, if the government has the power to force Lori Smith to speak messages that she disagrees with, hmm. the government can force any of us to do so, be it a Democratic speechwriter to promote the Republican Party or an mm-hmm. LGBTQ website yeah. designer to condemn same-sex weddings. Absolutely. People don't understand that that's the slippery slope you get when you talk about things. Okay, so there is legitimate hate speech in the world. I mean, right. we, we all know that. We've yeah. all heard it, and we all hate it. Like, it's it's bad. But... The temptation to be like, okay, well, let's give the government the ability to just, just, just to stop it, mm-hmm. just you, to stop yeah, it. Yeah, if you give the government mm-hmm. the ability to control mm-hmm. this group, mm-hmm. you're giving them control over you as well. Yes, it doesn't end with them. Yes, the government is not going to just adopt your personal philosophy, you know, just you know, in order to take away the stuff that you as a individual don't like. They're going, I mean, that's not how it works. They're going to have that authority over you if you give it to some, if you give them authority over someone else. So they're not going to, they're not a respecter of persons. Right. Um, So that's the slippery Mm -hmm. slope. And it it is tempting to, to want the government to just, you know, take all the mean people away so you don't have to deal with them. But part of living in a, in a free society, if you want to stay free, you're going to have to be able to either ignore people or handle confrontations. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with uh, Abraham Hamilton yesterday about this very thing, censorship uh, on the internet, and if there's a place for it. And I mean, I, I think what he said was very applicable to this is that the way to combat ideas and expressions and speech that is anti-gospel or that is just outright wicked um, is with other ideas, other speech that is correct, that is right, that is true, and, you know, the gospel. Um, It's not by subduing it, not by silencing it and shutting it away into, you know, this corner over here where you can control it because that's actually how these ideas breed and Mm -hmm. spread and cause actual destruction we need to be able to shine a light on the darkness rather than just kind of hide the darkness away um and that that's the slippery slope that i hope this uh court case can set a precedent for in saying actually let's not do that (laughs) yeah it's uh it's some of the i've been here uh for over just over 12 years now and i never thought when i started here that Mm -hmm. we would be talking about some of the things that we're Mm -hmm. talking about but unfortunately we are and i think in the case of like a uh an artist, somebody that bakes something or makes something or whatever, he or she should have the ability to say, no, I don't do that. But, uh, you know, you can go down the street where Bob or Sally will be happy to do it for you. And I say that because I don't have a problem with, uh, let's say you got a baker who uh, identifies as LGBTQIA+, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they're approached by a local church who wants them to make a cake denouncing their lifestyle choices. That person, I believe, in my personal opinion, mm-hmm. should be able to say, I don't believe in that. I'm not going to yeah. do that for mm-hmm. you. You should be able to go there. And I think most people of faith would be completely fine with that. Yes, absolutely. But for some reason, it's always the person of faith, the Christian person mm-hmm. of faith, that's mm-hmm. always you know frowned upon and told you must do this, and it, it's crazy. It, it's the way the media covers, the mainstream media covers the Jack Phillips situation. Mm-hmm. They make it out as though Jack Phillips is the only baker in the Denver, <laughs> Colorado area, which is so not true. 
It's good for his business, though, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally like Jack Phillips is the only guy in Lakewood, Colorado, making brownies. Like, he's not. There's plenty of Lakewood's yeah. in the Denver area. Yeah. And there's plenty of people out there that would um, be happy to help. As Jack has argued many mm-hmm. times in court, we'll see whether the Lori Smith situation finally yeah. settles all this. Well, there's certain to, a lot, certainly a lot to be in prayer about. So thank you so much, Chris, for bringing these stories to thank us. Thank you. And I uh, hope you have, have you back pretty soon. And until next week, everybody, continue to share truth and apply scripture.